Hi, this is Aaron from Inside the Skev. I hope you enjoy this next episode. If you want to listen live, tune in Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. to WCGO. That's 95.9 FM, 1590 AM, or WCGOradio.com. Facebook Live at WCGO's page and Inside the Skev. To learn more about this great town and what I do, go to skevinson.com. And you can always contact me at Aaron at skevinson.com. Now sit back and listen to this one message from one of our supporters, and we'll start the show. Relationships are at the base of just about everything in life. If those relationships thrive, so does your life and your business. Proust Coach Leader Academy helps individuals to entire companies learn a coach approach to support positive relationship. PCLA's ICF accredited coach training program transforms and equips individuals and companies with a skill set to support others' growth and development. PCLA. We coach, we train, we mentor. Get started today at PruceCoachLeader.com. That's P-R-E-U-S-S CoachLeader.com. Welcome to Inside the Skev, and I'm your host, Aaron Maslianski. Uh, today, I am really, really thrilled to be speaking with uh, Cook County Assessor Fritz Kege. And uh, this is, you know, just there's so much to talk about here. And just so everyone knows a little bit more who Fritz is, uh, since assuming the office in 2018, Fritz has brought fairness, ethics and transparency to the Cook County Assessor's Office with a vision focused on operational changes, technological upgrades and the elimination of favoritism. We'll talk about how he has accomplished his goals, what property owners should know about the property tax system in Cook County and how COVID is affecting property valuations. So, Fritz, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here, Aaron. Thanks. You're welcome. And, you know, before we got on here, we were just talking about the different connections we have, um, you know, throughout the city. And it just shows you, you know, you're in charge of a pretty big department there. We've never met before, but uh, we were connected through the Bernsteins, you know, <laughs> who Henry is a great friend of mine. And we've, uh, you know, I've had his mom and aunt on the phone and you went to school with his brother, Eddie. And uh, Kelwin Harris from the Chicago, who works in your office, and he, you know, we're connected through the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. And you told me you even met your wife there. Yes. So, um, you know, Chicago is such a wonderful uh, a mix of all these different communities. And I grew up in, one, in another one of them, Hyde Park, yep. uh, which is a lot like Evanston. Um, and uh, the great thing about Hyde Park is, you know, my dad was, he was a professor at the University of Chicago. So, I was involved in the, you know, all the things going on with the U of C and met all the interesting people who were there. I, you know, I started at lab school, but I was kind of unhappy by the time I got to middle school and I switched to Kenwood Academy, uh, the public high school serving Chicago, uh, Hyde Park. And Hyde Park's the class of, uh, capital of Chicago's black middle class. And so I got exposure to that. And Eddie Bernstein and I we were in the same class at Kenwood Academy. We created one of the first fantasy baseball leagues back then. It wasn't called Rotisserie. And we would always hold our draft in the Bernstein's living room with Eddie and his younger brother, Louie. Um, and uh, uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to be. And then, um, you know, growing up in Hyde Park, I developed these interests in, in uh, international affairs. I wanted, originally wanted to be a diplomat. And so um, studied Russian and lived abroad there for a while and then got involved in the Chicago Council on Global Affairs for whom I met my wife at a dinner for Russian speakers. Um, wow. And she, cause she, she teaches Russian. So, 
um, this is this is how it all it all ties together. And actually, my wife, um, she when she was growing up in Michigan, her pastor was Dean Francis, uh, who is who became the pastor at First United Methodist Church in Evanston. Hmm. Um, and so we, you know, when our kids were young, we were going up there. We became members there. Um, and that's one of our ties to, to Evanston. The other tie to Evanston I thought I'd mention is that uh, Rebecca's family, a lot of them have gone to Northwestern and one of her relatives, um, his ashes were buried under the baseball field. Um, he was Harry Wells and it used to be called Harry Wells Field at Northwestern University. <laughs> they renovated it a few years ago. Uh, my mother-in-law wrote to them, she grew up in Evanston on McDaniel, and she said that as you are doing this renovation, you may come across an urn of their ashes, and they <laughs> oh did. Wow. <laughs> and so there's a little plaque there uh, commemorating it, um, which is, so that's how I'm tied to Evanston. You are really tied to Evanston. You know, I remember watching that renovation take place and um, I should go take a walk over there and look at the plaque. It's Yeah, over, by the, over on the first baseline, there's a little flower bed and I got a plaque there. That's really beautiful that they did that. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the baseball field used to be named Harry, Harry Wells Field, but as things happen at universities, they, when they get a new donor, they rename it for, so now it's, you know, so, some other person's name, and then there's a little Harry Wells, you know, field <laughs> uh, plaque there too. At least so, he's got something. Right. Yeah, it, it's all right. It, it, he'll, he'll be okay, I think. <laughs> yes, it's just fine. Yes. You know, it's funny, by the way, with the council and how you met your wife at one of the events, I uh, did a an event there, and we'll get to the assessor and everything, yes. but there's so much to talk about. I interviewed uh, Richard Longworth, who is one of the uh, senior fellows at the council yep. this is a, a, a couple of years ago, and we were talking about the, the history of the council, and he was talking about how the Young Professional Network was all about really, in many ways, yes, it's learning about these things, finding people who have similar interests, but a lot of people met spouses there. Yes. <laughs> and there is a great example. So yeah. I'll have to share that with them. Absolutely. It, we're really lucky to have it. You know, um, the Chicago Council is, is one of the biggest organizations of its kind in America. It's a really special thing that we have here. Oh, it's been a wonderful thing. Uh, I agree. It's 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 an asset for this uh, for this community, but in, to get back to what you do and uh -huh. you know the role of the assessor, you know, I guess what 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 is your job? I mean, do you set the taxes or or do you look at every single property and figure out how much it's worth? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, our job is to to uh, figure out what the market value is for every piece of real estate in Cook County. That's our job, basically. We how also many properties add on. Are there? Pardon? How many? About how many properties? There are, are there? close to two million. There's 1.9 million parcels in Cook County. It is the biggest market-based um, tax jurisdiction in the United States. Um, there, Los Angeles is a bigger county, but they have Prop 13, and like the, the the assessments are frozen in amber. Whatever you bought it for is what it's assessed at. Um, here, you know, we are the, the, the key standard for fairness in our property tax code is, you know, is market values because the way we fit into the property tax system is that you have taxing bodies like you know, your school districts in Evanston and Skokie, um, your municipality, um, that's 
probably two thirds of, of what the average Evanstonian pays in property taxes. And then there's Evanston's share of the county, uh, the water board. Those guys determine how much money they need to raise every year. Mm -hmm. um, and then that is divided up amongst all of the property owners on the basis of their share of total market value in Evanston and Skokie. Um, and so our job is to, to figure out what things are worth. And, and, and that is, and the key standard is market value because that's what's, uh, what's the standard for fairness set up in the, in the property tax code. So obviously so, it's, so, imp it's um, impossible for you to go to each property, right? There was 1.9 million properties. So how do you determine what they're worth? And is it different for residential and commercial? Um, yeah. So the way we, we basically, if you look at the beating heart of our office is what we call our valuations group. And they have two different functions. One of it is our field team, which is go out, think of it as, as a census of all the buildings. In, in, in properties in Cook County. So that's our, our, our field team, what we call data integrity. They're going out making sure that we have the right footage and <clears throat> attributes of all the different buildings. That's sort of one of the basic foundational bits of data that we work off of. And then we have our analysts who are out there looking at markets, um, who are seeing what is the cost of a square foot in the market today for office space, retail space or for, for single family homes. Um, and, and, and they try to see, you know, how does the market think about these things? We look at the transactions that happen. And then you're right, we have to, us 200, roughly 250 people at our office get a handle on these 1.9 million properties. How do we do that? Well, we look at transactions that happen and in single family homes, about 5% of the single family homes transact every year. So maybe over a three-year period, we will have 15% of the market trading in a place like Evanston. The other 85 doesn't. And so we have to yeah. figure out from those three years that just happened, what did people pay in all these transactions if we look at per room or per, per uh, uh, fireplace or square foot on their, on their lot? Um, and the location. And from all of that information, apply that to the other 85% that didn't sell. So we have the same standard for everyone. That's, that is how we do it. Now, here's a couple other wrinkles. We do one third of the county every year to, because it is such a giant task. Um, yeah. So uh, in 2019, we reassessed the North suburbs, including Evanston. In 2020, we reassessed the South and West suburbs. And in Chicago, uh, we'll do it in 2021. That will be the first year that our administration has reassessed um, the city. Um, so <clears throat> from what we're doing, it's that three-year cycle. Uh, there's an additional wrinkle in the sense that your assessment has a one-year lag effect on your taxes. So if we reassess Evanston in 2019, it only affected the average Evansonian's tax bill in the second half of 2020. Um, right, so and that's something that's here. hard for people to figure out because it it's it's in arrears. I always try to you know right. uh, educate my clients about that and about how tax prorations work. But yeah. it, it's because of this because it's in arrears where the bill comes out the year later for the year. And, prior. and there's a quirk in history that the reason why that exists is in the Great Depression, 
it was so catastrophic that no one paid taxes one year. <laughs> oh, in, my God. In like 1933 or something like that, because all the banks went under. I mean, it was a real catastrophe. Um, uh, and, uh, and so basically, Illinois has never caught up since then. Since then, it's always <laughs> been one year in arrears. That's why it is, believe it or not. That's interesting. And, you know, you think about other things and, and you know, we're going to take a short break in a moment. But, you know, you think about the 2008 crash, you think about what's going on now with COVID and how that is going to affect things with valuations and how that translates into changes in your property tax bill. And I even got a letter here from you the other day that I want to just go straight to the source sure. and ask you about. So sure. we're we're going to be coming back just shortly here. We're going to talk a little bit more about your background and why you chose to to be the uh, to run for this office and what you're doing to clean things up and make it more transparent and equitable. So, Great. everybody, um, you know, just stick around here, and we will be back shortly. Hi, I'm Aaron Maslianski, longtime Skokie and Evanston resident, host of Inside the Skev, and local real estate expert. As a community connector and realtor with Dreamtown Realty in downtown Evanston, I know firsthand what makes the Skev such an amazing place to live. When I'm helping my clients buy and sell properties inside of the Skev or out, I'm doing it with the best technology and support team behind me at Dreamtown. During the pandemic, I've been able to help my clients seamlessly stay on track with their home search. From immersive 3D Matterport tours, professional photos, to virtual open houses, my clients can find their home safely and comfortably, and even from their couch. When you're ready to make a move, know that I'll be here to help. You can always find out more about me at skevinson.com slash real estate. Again, that's skevinson.com slash real estate, or email me at aaron at skevinson.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside the Skev. This is Aaron, your host, and I'm here with Chris Katie, the Cook County Assessor. And we were just talking, um, you know, about uh, Fritz's background and our connections here within Chicago. And uh, we were talking about how real estate tax assessments take place. And uh, Fritz, was, you were talking about the residential market, but the commercial is a little bit different. And there's been a lot of articles that have been written throughout um, about the changes in how commercial uh, property values have shifted since you've taken office. But a lot of it has to do with transparency. Can you tell us what that means and, and what you've changed in order to come up with those valuations? Sure. Um, so again, under the property tax code we're supposed our valuations are supposed to reflect market values and yet as anyone who has lived in cook county for a long time the assessments that were sent out didn't seem to have any earthly relationship <laughs> to the the values that we know in the here and now on planet earth um, and in <laughs> evanston and in chicago um, and the problem with that is that because as i mentioned you know our each person's share of market value in the community is determining their share of the property taxes. If the number to start out with has no relation to market values, then it's really hard to figure out where you stand if everyone is so far off tether from the market. Um, and that was particularly true of commercial properties. Um, there are so many different examples that you could come up with. I mean, for, for folks who are in, in Evanston, 
that many people are familiar with the Hotel Warrington. Um, yep. you know, when we came into our, our reassessment, it was assessed at uh, $16 million in market value, but it, it had a mortgage that was over $30 million and it <laughs> transacted for uh, well above that amount. Um, and they'd filed a, a, uh, an appraisal with the SEC because their mortgage was part of an SEC bond, a bond that was publicly traded. Um, and they said in that appraisal that it was worth 60. Um, so this is how things can get so far off tether. And when, when that property is off tether, all of our assessments are interconnected right. in Illinois. How one property is valued affects you, Aaron, even if you don't own that hotel, because if their share of, of the total market value that we're basing everything off of is so low, then everyone else, you, your neighbors are, are making up the difference. So that's so and and basically I think a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that people totally acknowledge that the old assessments didn't reflect market value and were way off. And people don't even really argue with the numbers that we use because the numbers that we were using pretty objectively reflect markets, uh, prices that are paid and uh, uh, market, uh, market numbers that, that anyone can look up. And, and what people didn't like was, the was that their assessment went up. Um, right, nobody likes and, that. <laughs> right, but you know, what I'd say is that this is, the, this is the, the way we're supposed to do it on the law. And it's the only way to be accountable um, and transparent because what we're saying is we're using market values in our assessments. And if you disagree, show us how it's, show us how we've got, we, we're off, how our market value is off. Um, when, <clears throat> when you have uh, assessments that are <clears throat> completely off in a completely different place, how do you know where you stand? How can anyone evaluate uh, the job that the assessor is doing? And I think that's what pe made people so frustrated with the old system. Well, right. It's not tethered in reality. And, and what's funny is I was talking to my son, Joey, about, uh, about this interview earlier this morning, and I was telling him what your, the role of the uh, county assessor is. And he said, well, is it possible for like somebody who has like a hundred million dollar house to like get assessed at and my son's 10. So like, this is new to him. And he's like, is it possible or someone who has like a, a, a big mansion, like a hundred million dollar mansion to get assessed for like a hundred thousand dollars. And I said, well, yes. that doesn't really happen as much. But when you think about big properties in downtown Chicago or other places that were being assessed at values that were, they were maybe half of what they actually are in the market, like between 150 million to 300 million, you really were dealing with things like that. So yeah. <laughs> and these, these have real, real dramatic implications for people. Um, I, I think if you look at Evanston, uh, you know, we, we actually had a study done by the International Association of Assessing Officers, um, which is like the gold standard in the world of assessors. Like they're the best. And we had them look at every transaction that took place in, in the commercial space in 2018. And they found dramatic underassessment of commercial property across the whole county. So in Cook County, um, the average assessment was 40% under what the property was bought for in 2018. Um, in the city of Chicago, it was 50%. Uh, 
In Evanston, it was worse. It was under 50%. Wow. Um, and so the average Evanstonian was, was paying the tax. It was probably over $1,000 per year per average home in Evanston, that undervaluation on commercial alone. So that's, that's really tremendous. Not only, you know, for an average Evanstonian um, in, their, in their finances month, you know, year to year, think about how much $1,000 would mean to an average family, but then also it affects their housing values, as you know. Absolutely. Uh, the higher your tax bill, the lower the market price of, of your equity. And so $1,000 could easily translate into, per year, could easily translate into tens of thousands of dollars of home equity. Um, so you know, that is, that's why this is so important. Um, it, it's because, so important. Because it, it, the, the only standard that we can all hold ourselves to to feel comfortable with this amount of money on the line for the average family is to make sure that everything is at market and that we're holding ourselves accountable through, through all the studies to make sure that everyone is paying their fair share of you know, the levy, which is large. I mean, we pay a lot of property taxes here in Illinois, so that's why it's important. Right. And it's, it's, it, what you're doing is by having equity, it, you're not giving um, social welfare to large companies. You're distributing yeah. it the way that it actually should be. Um, and, you know, I've seen properties where they've been assessed too high and the taxes are too high. And my clients have, you know, when they're purchasing, have gotten a better deal because of that. So it's important. It's very important. It's dollars and cents for people. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more about equity in property taxes and, and your background and whatnot. So everyone stick around. We'll be back in just a few moments. Recognized as the third largest Holocaust museum in the world, Illinois Holocaust Museum inspires people of all ages to take a stand against anti-Semitism, hatred, prejudice, and indifference. An award-winning and world-class attraction, the museum has a fantastic slate of engaging virtual programs, including discussions on social justice topics, film screenings with talkbacks, lunch and learn sessions with scholars, authors, and experts, and more. There's truly something for everyone. Tickets for virtual public tours of the blockbuster exhibit Notorious RBG, The Life and Times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, are available now through February 20th. And speaking of inspiring pop culture icons, on January 21st, you and your friends have the opportunity to test your pop culture knowledge during the virtual event Take a Stand Trivia, hosted by the museum's Young Professional Committee. Thanks to Let Us Entertain You, this event can be transformed into a dinner party with food and cocktail kits available for curbside pickup in the city and suburbs. Visit ilholocaustmuseum.org for more information. Mortgage rates have reached record lows recently. If you see home ownership in your future, the future is now. Think of Beth Lewis at Cross Country Mortgage as your personal mortgage shopper. She'll sort through racks and racks of home financing options until she finds exactly the right style and fit for you. She'll get you pre-approved to give you an advantage over other buyers, and she'll close your loan quickly with a highly efficient process driven by advanced mortgage technology. So far in 2020, Beth has come through for over 680 individuals and families who needed home financing. Beth will be here for you too, because helping people get mortgages is what she does best. Visit BethLewisTeam.com to get started. That's Beth, L-E-W-I-S, Team.com. Or call 847-274-9745. That's 847-274-9745. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC. NMLS 3029. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal housing opportunity. Illinois Residential Mortgage Licensee. 
We are back on, everyone. This is Aaron with uh, Inside the Stev, and we are here with Fritz Kagey, the Cook County Assessor, and um, we are just uh, talking a lot about the taxes and a lot of interesting things that go on within Cook County. And uh, just before we start talking again, I want to give a shout out to uh, my cousin whose birthday is today, Efrat, happy birthday, and my aunt Nakama is tomorrow. So if you both are listening, I hope you are. I want to wish you both a happy birthday. But Fritz, um, you know, we were talking about how um, a little bit even during the break about how the, the difference in, in valuations can drastically change uh, what somebody's tax bill is going to be. Another thing that can really change what somebody's tax bill is going to be is the effects of COVID. So I got this letter, um, you know, COVID on the real estate market. And I got mm -hmm. this letter from you uh, this week, which was perfect, talking about how the assessed value of my property has changed uh, because of a COVID adjustment. And, you know, there's always different things that go on uh, that can change values. How did you guys, uh, you know, you, you decided this early on that you got to make an adjustment because there's going to be a, there is a huge financial impact on people. So does this actually change people's tax bills or is it just the assessment and how does that work? Sure. Um, so COVID is, is a, is, has been an economic catastrophe for, uh, for so many different people um, with very, really effects that are concentrated on some, uh, some people are doing better out of this. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, it, what was happening was that when COVID hit in February, we were just starting to send out our assessments for the, the South Triad. And um, once we started to see the magnitude of what was happening, that we were going to have record unemployment, um, that all sorts of commercial businesses were, were going to be completely shut down, um, that it would devastate certain kinds of people and people who, who worked in certain sectors, people who worked in these service sectors, um, especially. So uh, we said, we, we know that in our property tax code in Illinois, uh, there's a natural disaster clause that basically allows assessments to be done after the, uh, the January 1st date that we normally would do it. Normally our assessments, we do it on your value as of January 1st, but because there was this natural disaster declaration with such, such an epic impact. Um, we said, look, if we don't do anything, there will be some who can use this clause in the property tax code to reduce their assessment mm -hmm. because of the impact of COVID. But the majority of people don't know how to work this system. Um, and they would be disadvantaged by that, that, that there would be one group that would be having assessments that more reflect the massive impact of COVID, but nothing for everyone else. And they'd have, and they'd be picking up the tab. Um, and we said, because the impact is so big, because we will do have some data on this, we can do our assessments as of um, the natural disaster declaration uh, date and, and have that incorporated in people's assessments. We had until about the end of April until it would have been that all the, the tax schedule would have been thrown off. So we had to call this as of the end of April. And what we did is we looked at the, the all, all sorts of different data that we had. We actually had more commercial data than residential data, which is kind of the opposite of the normal case. But on the commercial side, we could look at all the different public capital markets. There are instruments that trade 
that can tell you what the market thinks the impact is on office, mm -hmm. on retail, on self-storage, on gas stations, on theaters. There's really an amazing diversity of these concentrated instruments. And we could say, okay, the market's saying the impact of COVID on, on office space is 10 or 15%. And on, on apartments, it's five or 10% or warehouses, it's 5%. But on data centers, the no impact actually higher, right. but on theaters and hotels down 25 or 30. So we had that. But on single family, there are some instruments that trade that are single family homes, big portfolios of single family homes. These are actually the biggest owners of single family homes in Cook County. We could use that. We could use past experience, what happened with the downturn in 2008. Uh, we, there are our federal regulators use unemployment models to see if there's a change of unemployment of X, then house values should uh, go down by X. And then what we could do is we could look at the structure of employment in different parts of the county. Some parts of the county, employment is all in service industries, and those would be some of the most impacted by COVID. In other parts of the county, there are sectors that wouldn't have been impacted. So we had to put this all together, make a call as of the end of April, and that's what we did. And so the letter that you got, that everyone got in Cook County, um, reflects those adjustments. So. Uh, for residential, <clears throat> the single, average single family home down eight to 12%. For two to six flats, uh, the adjustment was a little bit larger because there's more economic sensitivity of renters in those kinds of buildings based on all the data that we have. Um, and then for commercial, it was a, a pretty wide range. Um, but the additional factor <laughs> that makes it complicated is we had to look at the starting point for those assessments. Um, and that, that was particularly difficult in Chicago because, as I mentioned, the assessments were quite underassessed to begin with. So that's right. how we tr tried to process the impact of COVID. But we wanted to get ahead of it. We wanted to be on top of it because that, that work that we did, that we worked really hard on through April, you know, that will impact people's tax bill in the uh, second half of 2021. We didn't do anything. There would be that unequitable impact on people in 2021. And then we'd, we'd only start incorporating the effect of COVID in our assessments this year. And it might take several years for it to finally work through to people's taxes in the, in the suburbs and in the South suburbs. And we didn't think that was fair. So no, I mean, that's why I we think, did it. I think it makes a lot of sense because the impact is now. And, yeah. uh, you know, for some people, valuations have gone up for residential. Um, but there's plenty of areas, like you said, where you're taking the indexes of where things are changing and, and it's transparent. Um, I think that that is so important. You talk about the process. You know, I bought uh, my first property. Um, I was a young man. I didn't really know much about property taxes. And a few years after I had owned it, somebody said, oh, don't you have your homeowner's exemption? I'm like, what's that? And I worked in yeah. real estate. I didn't, I was working <laughs> for a developer, but that wasn't the area that I was really thinking about or working on. And I had to go back and I, um, you know, filed for certificates of error and I got a bunch of money back because of that. And then later on, you know, hired a real estate attorneys to help appeal my taxes. Um, but 
you know, it always like an unspoken thing. You got to have an attorney in order to do the appeal. You've changed a lot of that and are making it easier for people to understand what their assessments are. And if you're a senior, things have changed. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So um, uh, many of us who grew up in the Chicago area, you know, there's something where if you reach a certain age, someone who loves you takes you aside and says, look, uh, here's how this system works. Uh, their assessment that the assessor sends you, you don't know what number it is. You don't know if you're getting a fair shake. It, you're going to be screwed if you don't uh, hire a lawyer uh, through some hinky process. They get it reduced. And if you don't play along with that, you're a sucker. <laughs> and that was, this was a conversation that my dad had with me when I, when I got to the age where I might have a house. And this is what a lot of us grew up with. And what we don't realize is this is so incredibly anomalous in the United States. We're one of the last places where, in many other places, used to have dinky systems sort of like this, but we've, we have changed it. So the first thing is we have to make sure our assessments at the outset are accurate because you know, the, the standard we hold ourselves to is how are we serving the average person who does not feel? You should not have to appeal your assessment. Like You, you should be able to expect as a Cook County property owner that we are doing a good job getting that right in the first place, as is done in the rest of the country. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Two, if your assessment is off because we are 250 people trying to assess 1.9 million properties off of data that might be really old or inaccurate, uh, we don't know some of the unique circumstances of, of your home. And all, you, it is 100% certain that you know more about your house than we do. <laughs> um, and what we know may be 30 years out of date. Um, and uh, this, is, this is really important uh, to make sure that, that we've got it right. Um, the key thing is you do not need a lawyer to fix, to fix this because you are the expert on your own home. Why would you want to pay someone else money to tell them about your house um, and when it's just a matter of fixing data with us. And so what we've really tried to assure the public is this is a data question. This is not an access question. So one of the problems with our office is that uh, the previous assessors, they financed their campaigns through donations from property tax appeals lawyers and appraisers who practiced before the office. What an incredible conflict of interest, right? Oh my God. And that's how all this bad stuff got started. If you depend on getting donations from lawyers and appraisers who practice before the office, very quickly, you, you create this favoritism, you create this sense of access. I would get, I've gotten letters from, and you've probably gotten letters from lawyers too, bragging about former assessor's office employees that are on their payroll saying that we can get you a special deal. Um, so this is, we, we, we want to extirpate that culture, that, that sense of special of preference or access from, from our office. So we've created online appeals, yeah. put all sorts of data out there for people to see. We posted our, all our valuations formulas and all the data that underlies them to and the Prince, public we, so people can we, kick the tires. We are going to just take a quick break. And when we come back, we will get the website and everything and talk more about this. So everyone yep. stick around for some important information. Mm -hmm. 
Moving day is a happy day. But how can you be sure all of your stuff will get to the new place in the same condition they left the old place? Upgrade your experience to first-class moving and storage. You'll get a team of professionals who treat all of your belongings with care and have the right tools to make the job go smoothly. They even offer a full packing service. Upgrade to first-class moving and storage. They're local and independently owned. For more info, visit the website at firstclassmovers.com. That's the number one, stclassmovers.com. Reading, writing, and math are a struggle for a lot of students. At BrainLinks, we know those skills are what paves the way to independence and success. Our specialists will help your child develop the habits they need to make sure they thrive, not only in class, but out in the world in general. And of course, for everyone's safety, our lessons are done completely online. For more information on our team members and to schedule your initial consultation, visit BrainLinksAcademics.com. That's BrainLinksAcademics.com. This is Aaron with Inside the Skev here with Fritz Kiki and um, Fritz. We were just talking a little bit about how uh, people can go about getting their property bills um, or property assessments reassessed or appealing, and and how it's changed. Where you've made it easier for people to be able to go on and and do that and and file for exemption. So, you know, just so people know, what is the website that people should go to to learn more to do that? Yes. So you can go to cookcountyassessor.com, um, and then you and then uh, on the site there, uh, right uh, at the at the jump page, you can put in your your PIN, or if you don't have your PIN, that's your parcel identification number. If you don't have your parcel identification number, you just press a button and put in your address, and you can do that for any home. So you can see how you're assessed and how your neighbors are assessed um, and compare um, and uh, then, uh, furthermore, you can now, starting last year, we put into place technology that allows you to file for your exemptions online uh, through DocuSign. Um, and so um, uh, that, that was really heaven sent because of the impact of COVID. Um, can you imagine what it would what have been like if we had hundreds of thousands of seniors and others uh, coming to the office in the middle of COVID just to file uh, paperwork for their exemptions. And that's the way it was before when I came into this office. Uh, it looked like the, uh, the scene at the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark with all those boxes. <laughs> we were inundated with paper. We had 600 tons of paper just in one year's worth of appeals when we came in, sort of the physical embodiment of what was wrong with this. So we worked really hard on making sure the assessments are right. On the website, you can go and see how you're assessed. You'll get a notice in the mail too when, whenever there's a reassessment. Um, and you can see, and the key thing to look for is it's a, is the market value that we've estimated, does that jive with what you know, you know your home to be worth? Most people have a pretty good idea of what their home um, is worth in the market. And just to compare it, if we're within 10%, we think we're doing pretty pretty good. But of course, you might you might think differently. Right. Um, and, and one thing is, is like, you know, for people who are listening, if you've worked with me and you get your tax bill and you have a curiosity of what you, if it's jives with the actual reality, you know, realtors and different people in the area have a good handle on it. So I imagine a lot of your public interface with the community, community engagement is to work with those professionals and get that uh, knowledge on the ground, right? Well, yes. Yeah. So we have a, we have a really hardworking outreach team that it gets out, we try to get out to where people are. So um, if 
we, you know, during COVID, we had lots of uh, virtual outreaches through Zoom where I was personally present. I had one wonderful outreach team that does this too, helping people understand the system, understand the process, how they're assessed, how they can appeal it if they don't think they've been assessed fairly, how you can make sure you do have the exemptions that you're entitled to. You mentioned uh, you didn't have a homeowner's exemption on your home. Like something north of 20% of single family homes don't have a homeowner's exemption. So we work really hard to make sure that people do have a homeowner's exemption there. People should know that if they haven't had a homeowner's exemption, they can file for, as, for something called a certificate of error to have retrospectively um, that given to them and then they get cash back for the amount of property tax that they overpaid. Um, so these are all important things that you can do on our website, cookcountyassessor.com. You can talk with our outreach team. We've worked really hard to reach people during COVID. Um, the office is downtown is closed, right? And in Skokie is closed right now um, to be safe, but we will have a period for um, people to schedule visits if they need to come in in person at the Skokie and the Chicago office um, as you know, people will get their first property tax bill from the treasurer in January and uh, people apply for that. The other thing that we've done, Aaron, that people should know is that it used to be seniors had to reapply every year for their senior exemption to basically recertify that they're still over 65. <laughs> which, which is, you know, why would they do of, that? I mean, none why of us are getting any younger. This was something that was a source of constant frustration. Uh, we worked, and the reason why, I guess, was uh, folks in Springfield didn't think the assessor's office could stay on top of whether people were still alive or had moved. And in this age, if we can't do that, that is a disgrace. So we, th we, we, we what we did is we talked to the leadership in the General Assembly. We said, look, we can in this era of, of big data, we can do this and here's how we can do it. And we worked with them in writing in the legislation. We worked with our sponsors, uh, Fred Crespo in the house and sponsors in the Senate, we got it passed. So now senior exemptions automatically renewed starting last year and that saved hundreds of thousands of seniors from having to fill in paper forms or go into our office last year during COVID. Um, and uh, it continues this year. There's some other exemptions that also auto renew because of COVID. Um, folks with disabilities, veterans with disabilities and the senior freeze. Um, and so we're trying to react to COVID and, and provide lots of resources online so you don't have to come in. Well, it's amazing that you could do it online. I remember like, and, and if you're, by the way, if you're a homeowner, do you have to file every year that you, for your homeowner's exemption? You do not. It, the homeowner's exemption automatically renews, but you should always check there can be some things that um, might cause it to to fall off. Um, where if we if 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 it looked like in the data that if you refinance your mortgage, sometimes in the data that can look like you moved. Yeah. So you should always just check and make sure that your your homeowner's exemption is automatically renewing. We we work really hard to make sure that it does. Um, but you should always just check. Well, it's super important. And, and I love that it's all online now because it, it was something where you'd have to go get it notarized and then, or you go into the, uh, the county building and, and deal with it. And, you know, I, it was an experience for me back several years ago to go and file for all these exemptions and, and go, you know, it was almost like a, like a court type of thing to, to go and, and appeal and, and file in the certificate of error and, 
Um, it just seems like you've joined the 21st century. <laughs> well, it, it, it is. I have a little story. You know, there was a, a right when we came into office in 20 in December 2018, there was a, a conference of assessors around the United States that was here in Chicago. Um, and I wanted to bring you, I brought in the Dallas County Assessor, who's the assessor of one of the biggest counties in the U.S., just to show him, because I was appalled at the amount of paper. And I just wanted to show him and say, I, I got to show this to you. And so we brought him to the ninth floor where our analysts sit. And he saw these 600 tons of paper and he got his phone and, you know, showed it around and called his, he called his friends, hey, y'all, look at this. And um, <laughs> uh, it was basically, he, he said that this is what our office looked like in the 1980. Um, and, uh, uh, but now we've, we've really made a big tech transformation. You don't need that paper, all those appeals now. They, and, you know, those appeals that came in, they were filed in the order they were received. So if we wanted to get useful information out of those paper appeals in Evanston, we would have literally had to go through thousands of boxes. Can you imagine? It's um, crazy. Well, There was no Chris, sprinklers in there, so we've, the digital has made gone. it much better. Well, I, I, sorry to wrap up. I'd love to speak with you much, much longer if we could, but uh, thank you for what you do. Everyone go to cookcountyassessor.com. Stick around for the Fred and Hannah show. I will actually be on at 12.06. So listen then. We'll talk about this uh, conversation and thanks everybody for listening and thank you, Fritz, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron, and to the listeners out there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Inside the Sked. To listen live, tune in Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. to WCGO. That's 95.9 FM, 1590 AM, WCGORadio.com, or you can go to Facebook Live on WCGO's page or Inside the Sked. If you want to learn more about this great neighborhood or what I do, go to skevinson.com. And I want to thank every supporter of the show and all my listeners. Thanks so much.